0: And So just right now, I just want you right now, invite God. God, move in my life today. Just invite him right now. God, speak to me through your word today. We know that your word is alive and powerful, and so we invite your word right now to speak into our life, to change us. Come on, invite him to change you right now, to speak and to take me to another level. God, I'm here because I want to see you. I want to experience you. I want to get fresh fire from you today, and so God, I am inviting you right now into my life to do what only you can do in Jesus name amen i'm sharing today a message and it's just it's a message that is so powerful and so amazing that it changed my life and the reason why i say that is I want you to know that when I'm up here speaking, I'm not just sharing some random thing. This is a message that has impacted me and changed me. And so when I'm speaking this to you, it is real for me as real as as it is for you. And so this is a message that I believe is going to propel us into new things, into new levels in the name of Jesus. And so I want to ask you a question today. Are you ready for more? Are you ready for more? Come on, are you ready for more in this place today, ready for more of God, ready for more of his power, ready to see him in a greater way? You know, moving down to the lower level, we're believing that we are going to see God in a greater way, more in this church, in your family, in this city. Are you ready for more? I'm ready for more. I'm telling you, I am ready for more. Since the moment that God touched my life in the fall of 2006, he touched my life in a powerful and life-changing way in 2006. And in that moment, I knew that God had something big for my life. Have you ever experienced that, where God speaks to you in such a powerful way that you just know that there is more for your life than what you've been living so far and I knew that God wanted me to do something great in this city with this church and I'm telling you I am so thankful already for what God is doing because it's incredible it's unforgettable it's amazing I mean last Sunday so many people baptized and that's what it's all about but I'm telling you today I am ready for more I want to see more. I'm not satisfied. I want to see more of God. I want to see the thing that's inside of me, and it says there is more. And not just with the church. There are things in my private life, and maybe it's the same with you, visions that you've never even shared with someone else, but you know that God has more for you. I'm not who I'm yet made to be. I'm not there yet. I haven't finished the journey. I know that there is more inside of me. You know that God has more for your life. God has more for you as a husband. God has more for you as you're serving him in your business, in your studies. God has more. And so are you ready for more? I want to share with you a story from the Word of God from the Old Testament that I believe will encourage you and inspire us today to see that God can take you into more just like that. You know, God can take you from here to there, taking you into something new just like that. It doesn't have to be a long journey. Sometimes it is a journey, but other times an anointing can fall on you just like that. Something can happen just like that. And in a moment, God can put you into a position to get you ready for what he wants to do in your life just like that. You know, you might think today, well, I don't have the right connections, I don't have the right heritage, the right pedigree. I didn't study the right thing. Maybe you think, you know, everybody else, it always seems like they're in the right place at the wrong time, but I'm always in the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time, whatever. I'm just, I'm not in the right place, okay? And you might think, you know, that you're not in the place that you're supposed to be, but let me tell you, God sees you. He sees where you are. He sees what you're going through. He sees where you were born. He sees who your parents were. God sees you, and God can open a door to a life that is greater than anything you have ever imagined just like that. And so the question, are you ready for more? It's not, have I built up the right credentials? Have I built up the right connections? Have I, have I done everything right? It's not about that. The question is, are you ready in faith, in your heart, in who you are, in your character, when nobody else is watching, in those moments, are you ready for more? Are you ready for more? Because in God's economy, in God's economy, nothing is wasted. What may seem like a pointless, you know, season And we all go through that. God, why why am I going through this? What what is the purpose of this? What does this have to do with your plan? In a pointless season to you, it might be God's training ground for your character to get you ready for more. You know, what may seem like an invaluable, a a pointless relationship now may turn out to be the relationship that's going to unlock something for your future. My wife is from Hong Kong, which is a city of banks and lots and lots of money. If anybody's been there, there's a bank on every corner. And one time when we were there visiting, my, my wife was in the bank, and I was with her, and she was working with, uh, on something with her account. And the man that was working with her across the table, he was so rude. He was just really rude. You know, you would expect that in Germany, okay, but not there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the truth. And so he was so rude. And after we left the bank, I was just like, why was he was so rude to you? Don't you think he was just so rude? And my wife said, well, you know, that's because I don't have a lot of money. And it made me think, wow, if the bank treats you like that when they think you have nothing, they don't know someday you could come walking in there and be ready to put in a million dollars or euros or whatever into their bank. And then if they just open the door for you then that's not how it should be. We need to respect people where they are for who they are right now because you don't know in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years who they might be coming, walking through your door, and you're going to miss out on something if we don't treat them the same no matter what they have. Amen? Come on. And it's the same thing, serving in the church. It might seem like a small thing or this doesn't make any sense, opening the door for people or holding a silly sign or whatever. It might not seem important to do that, but it's in the small things that God is getting you ready, ready for more for a big thing. Amen? And so in the book of Samuel, I want to read you this because it is so powerful. 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting in verse 1, and here's what it says. Listen to this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel was a prophet, a powerful prophet. You have mourned long enough for Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel, and Saul had turned away from God. You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask of oil with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse, who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king, the next king of Israel. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. You see, Saul was a crazy, wild king. He would do anything. He would just kill you, and he was afraid to go and find the next king. And so God says, take a heifer, a cow, with you, The Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. You see, when a prophet shows up in your town, it can, either, it can be bad news sometimes. And so they were afraid, and they said, what's wrong? They asked, do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite, for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Now listen to this. This is where it gets amazing. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, one of the sons, the oldest son of Jesse, and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab, the next son in line, to step forward and to walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. And so next, Jesse summoned Shemiah, the next son in line. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. And in the same way, Jesse, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? (laughs) Well... Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one Anoint." him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Amen. Come on and give God some praise for his word today. In this story, we can see how God took a young man From the fields, his responsibility was for the sheeps and the goats, the job that nobody wanted, the one that you gave to your younger brother because you didn't want to do it. And he was out there with the sheeps and the goats. It's a dirty job, the job nobody wanted to do. And from the fields, David is brought to the prophet Samuel and in front of his brothers who didn't expect it. In front of his father, who didn't expect it. In front of the village, who didn't expect it. And in front of Samuel, the man of God, the prophet, who didn't expect it. God calls him out and anoints him as the king of Israel and starts him on a journey that's going to propel him into a story that is one of the most amazing and fascinating and powerful stories in the history of the world. And God can do the same in your life because this is God. God sees. When no one else sees, God sees. God is not, now listen to this, what may seem small to you, God sees. God is not concerned with protocol. God is not concerned with seniority. God is not concerned what your age is, whether you are young. Or old, God is not concerned if you are on anybody's A-list. But when it's God's plan for your life, God's going to bring you through in his own door. He's going to open his own door for you, and he's going to bring you in. You don't need an invitation to the party because God is inviting you, and it's his own party for you. You don't need man's invitation. You don't need man's approval because when God invites you and God approves you and you're on God's A-list, God brings you in, and he is going to prepare a table for you In the presence of your enemies and in front of them, he is going to anoint your head with oil. And so are you ready for what God is about to do in your life? I believe in this room today, God has more for you. God wants to take you from where you are into something new, into a new mindset, into new relationships, into a new job, maybe into your own business. God has destined you to reign and rule on the earth. And so I ask you again, are you ready for more? I want to share with you three principles that I believe if we have them in our life, we're on a good start to getting ready for more. You see, David, there was something about David that was different than the rest. There was something about David when he was there in the fields with the sheep and the goats, something about his heart that drew the attention of God. And so I want to be a person that draws the attention of God. Do you wanna be like that too? I'm not saying that in a proud way, but we need to be the kind of person that draws the attention of God so that a he can lift us up and put us into places we could never go by ourselves. And so the first one, the first principle that we need to learn is the principle of worship. And of course you know I was gonna share about this today. Worship. We need to know how to worship God. Not afraid for others to see that we love Jesus. We need to learn to worship with passion. I was not always passionate. I was not always a worshiper like I am today. Growing up in the church, of course I went to church every Sunday. I was there every Sunday. I read the Bible. I prayed. I did all the right things. But I wasn't on fire for God. I prayed, I read the Bible, I did all of that, but I wasn't on fire. I didn't believe that I even needed, I didn't believe I needed to lift my hands during worship. I was stubborn and believed, well, you know, that's just one way, and I have my way, and it's okay, I just keep everything inside of my heart. That was my mindset. But I was wrong. When I was 19 years old, God touched my life in a powerful way. I had never experienced God like that before. And the Holy Spirit came and filled me, and I caught on fire, and I let go of all of my wrong mindsets about the church, about myself, about worship, about music, and I lifted my hands for the first time. You know, at the end of the service today, we're going to sing again. Maybe you need to try that and lift your hands for the first time, and God came and filled me and did a work in my life, and I've never been the same since. And that fire caught on fire, and it has never died down since then and I'm so thankful that I learned the power of worship and I know that David learned this while working in the fields. Many of the Psalms we can read over and over again where David talks about lifting up hands in worship and he wrote those while he was tending the sheep and the goats. Once David was anointed king, that was just the beginning of his journey the type of battles that he would need to fight after that anointing fell on him, some of them could only be won with worship. And so when God lifts you up, and he's going to lift you up, he's going to start to work in your life. But when God starts to lift you up, you need to know the power of worship because the storms that are going to come against you, they're going to be different than when you were in the fields. They're going to be different kinds of storms, and some of them you can only win through worship And giving God praise. You know, remaining humble. When you are destined to be a king, you need to remain humble and bitter free from the jealousy. People are going to be jealous. Imagine his brothers standing there watching him receive the anointing that everybody thought they should have. Jealousy and the hurt of people that would willingly or unwillingly hurt you. To get through that, you are going to need to know the power of worship. Worship will keep your focus off of yourself so that you can remain humble in the presence of God. And I'm so glad that I learned the power of worship because there were many storms in in this church, in my life, in my family, that if we had not lifted our hands, sometimes you might just want to punch somebody, okay? I'm telling you the truth. Lift your hands in worship, and God is going to bring you through every storm. Number two is the principle of honor. David understood honor. He learned this in the fields because, firstly, he did that job with honor. He honored God in the fields. And the Bible says that when we honor God, God will honor us. We need to learn how to honor God, honoring God through doing everything with excellence, t- from doing the small thing with excellence to doing what we do when nobody sees with excellence, honoring God in our work. And so, you know, I want to say with this principle, I believe in the power of working hard, making things happen, taking initiative, and doing what God has given you and going out and doing it. But at the same time, the principle of honor will do things that you can never do On your own because when we honor God he will open doors and take you places that you can never get through simply hard work honor attracts God honor attracts the crazy blessings of heaven are attracted through honor and those blessings cannot be had in our own power David would not kill King Saul because David understood the principle of honor And when we live dishonorably, we're pushing away the blessing of God. It's not that God doesn't want to bless us. It's that he cannot allow us to grow in favor with God and man when we are living dishonorably. You see, Jesus understood this. When Jesus was lost in Jerusalem as a young man, his parents were looking everywhere for him. They had gone there for the Passover, and after the Passover, all the village was going back to Galilee, and Jesus wasn't there. So his parents looked all over Jerusalem and finally found him in the temple, and Jesus said, well, where else would I be except in my father's house? But then Mary and Joseph, they took Jesus back To Galilee, and the word of God says that Jesus submitted, obeyed, honored his parents. The amazing thing about it is in the very next sentence after Jesus honored his parents, it says, and then Jesus grew in favor with God and man. You see, honor doesn't only attract the blessing of God. It will attract the blessing of man. And I really believe my parents are some of the most honorable people on the face of the earth. And let me tell you, the fact that we are in here, it has a lot to do with honor. The fact that they are the pastors of this church, that God could trust them with a ministry like this, that is shaking this nation and beyond, is because of honor. And uh, yeah, come on, we can... Thank you, God, for... For Steve and Karen, my mom and dad, we we love them so much. And honor, my dad is not the kind of man that goes around pushing his credentials or his business card into people's faces. And the amazing thing is, and I'm so glad that my dad taught me this, that it is better to be invited than self-invited. It's better to have someone else announce you rather than announcing yourself. And this principle, here's an amazing story. One of the first places... That my dad was invited to speak outside of this church was to a church in South America that is one of the most amazing and influential churches in all of the world. He went from speaking here to speaking in front of a crowd of 15,000, just like that. And I believe that that has a lot to do with the honor, honor principle. God can take you into places that you could never get on your own. You don't have to work up the chain. You're not gonna have to kiss anybody's butt because you are gonna be lifted up Through honor in Jesus' name, okay? The honor principle. Number three, come on, you all are laughing with me. I'm just telling the truth here, okay? (laughs) Number three, take the job. It's true, God can take you from here to there just like that. But the third principle is take the job. This means, you know, after David was anointed king, in the very next passage, it says that Saul was starting to be tormented by an evil spirit. And the palace workers knew about David and that he could play music. And so they sent word to Bethlehem, David's town, and said, David, will you come to the palace and play music for the king? Now, you know, if David had an attitude, he could have said, well, you know what? I'm supposed to be the king. Why would I go play music for the king? Take the job. Take the job. The job. Take the job. Take the job. You want me to give? Yes. How does my little bit make a difference? Doesn't matter. Take the job. The boss wants me to do this? Yes. It's back again to what I was saying at the beginning. You don't know what this is going to be for. God, In God's eyes, nothing is wasted. And this small thing playing the harp for the king might be the stepping stone God is going to use to get you into the palace to begin with as a servant so that someday you can be sitting on the throne in that same palace. You might be called to be a CEO. You might be called to be the president of a nation. But if you're not willing to serve first, you may never see your destiny come true. I remember quite a few years ago, before I was married, I had been serving God. You know, I've been, I've been doing this for more than 10 years now, building this ministry and the worship and everything that, that God has called me to do. And I was a little tired. I was tired and frustrated. And it was during this time, again, I'm so glad I knew the power of worship because it really got me through that season And I remember walking on the street and praying, and I love to do that just as you're walking. You can pray everywhere, in your car, in the U-Bahn, whatever. And I was walking on the street, and I was asking God for a breakthrough. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're asking God for a breakthrough. And I heard God clearly speak, the breakthrough is you. The breakthrough is you. And in that moment, I had realized... That I was really, it was like a moment like David had to live through. I knew that I was anointed for something great. And that's not pride. To know who you are is not pride. And to know what God has called you to do is not pride. You need to know who you are. You need to know who God wants you to be and where he wants to take you. And that is not pride. But where pride comes in is when you get that attitude, like I said, David could have had. You know, I'm too good for that. I can't do that. And we start praying prayers like, God, change this, change that, change those people, change this situation. And that's what I was praying. And God said, the breakthrough is you. The breakthrough is you because all the time, God wanted me to activate his power in my life to be the change. And the higher you go, the more we need to come back to this basic principle that we are never too good to do something small. Back to the roots of what it's all about. And I I changed my mind. I changed what I thought. I started activating the power of the Holy Spirit and started working behind the scenes to make myself better and stronger, to make this ministry and this church to be the best it can be. And as I started doing that and getting the focus off of myself and serving others and simply being thankful that I'm in the palace, that I'm in the place I know I'm supposed to be, God started to move in my life in a new way and open new doors and started to do things that I could never have even imagined that he would do. And so right now today, I want to encourage you. You need to be thankful that you are in the palace. Don't worry about what your job is in the palace. You might be a servant right now, but if you know who you are, God, you just keep serving where you are and watch how God is gonna start to open doors in your life and he's gonna start to move you because the calling of God on your life is unstoppable. If you are a king, you're gonna be a king. If you're meant to be a CEO, you're gonna be a CEO. If you're meant to be a president, God is going to make it happen, but right now you need to say yes to taking the job and being thankful that you are in the palace at all. Come on, why don't we just stand to our feet and give God some praise in this place today. God, we thank you that we are in the palace, that you've called us to be in the palace, and that right now we are in your presence, and so we are believing today that breakthrough is coming, that breakthrough is coming right now in the name of Jesus that we're going to be the kind of people that say yes to serving you no matter how big or how small it may seem because we know in your economy nothing is too small and we are not going to despise small beginnings because a small beginning means that something great is on the way in Jesus' name. So let me declare this over you today. Say yes to getting married. Come on, somebody, some man out there needs to shout for that. Say yes to getting married. Say yes to say is staying married. Say yes to being a father to your kids. Say yes to never giving up on your kids. Say yes to, give, to doing what it takes to provide for your family. Say yes to being at church every Sunday. Say yes to bringing your tithe into the storehouse. Say yes to doing your best at your job. Say yes to look at every opportunity as a God opportunity. Say yes to the abundant life. Say yes to living with passion. Say yes, I'm never giving up. Say yes to being unashamed to speak the name of Jesus. Say yes to your anointing. Say yes to your calling. Say yes and thanking God, I'm in the palace. Don't leave this place without making your life right with God. And so if you would say, I want Jesus in my life or I want to recommit my life to him. Right now, I just want you, right where you are, just lift your hand, don't be shy. Is there anyone here today? I want Jesus, God bless you. I, God bless you, I see you there, God bless you. Is there anyone else? I want Jesus, God bless you. Anyone else in this place? I want to recommit my life, God bless you, right there. Come on church, salvation has come to this house today. And so if you lifted your hand right now, a prayer is coming on screen, and I want you to pray this prayer With me, we're gonna speak it out loud, and church, we are gonna join those that are praying it for the first time. Are you ready? Here we go. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen. So if you were one of those that lifted your hand, we have a very special gift that we want to give you on the way out. It's a Bible and some information. Please take one of those packets it's a b- and start opening the Word of God for yourself. Come back next Sunday. Get planted in a church, and your life is never going to be the same. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you for the 4 o'clock service or next Sunday. It's going to be an awesome message by Pastor Claudia. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Have a great week.